All right, welcome back to 303. It's been a while and we do apologize, but you know, life takes us places. And we are back and I've got a fantastic bunch of questions to go through um, and discussions. I've got Noki with us with a new mic, but or a changed mic. How you doing, Noki? Oh, look, I'm fantastic. I'm sounding a bit rusty. Um, you know, can't help that when you got your pants down, so. Well, you speak of pants down, I think you actually sound actually a bit like a bit of a croak in your voice. It's actually quite nice. Yeah, it, it's um just what happens, you know. You get to an age where you. suddenly you have a croak in your voice, um, you get caught with your pants down, and, yeah. uh, well, um, you've got to keep going with your day. You do, you do. Stoogie, how you doing? Good, thanks. Good, thanks. Just had a lot of food for dinner, so. Nice, nice. Primed and ready. Fantastic. Well, let's jump back, let's jump right into it then. And the first thing I want to talk about is probably one of the issues out there at the moment is is regarding all this stuff about possibly, you know, going to Mars and all this sort of stuff. And I know we've talked about it, but it was an interesting question put to me um, a couple of days ago, uh, actually, um, by by quite a young person. And that was, what do you reckon? Do we fix this planet up? And that means just fix everything? Or do we just move on and just forget about it and just go somewhere else and start from scratch? I, I've never really thought about it in, you know, in that way. I know that people can talk about it in terms of environmentally and, you know, geopolitical, etc. But, geez, that's a concept. It's... Um, it's a interesting thing that I just got kind of stumped by it. And then I, I'll add in the third option that was, well, you know, do you do a bit of both and therefore something jeopardizes it from it? My my take on it is like I, I, I've got a take on it, which I've always used in terms of if this was a computer game, um, being a long time gamer and I play games, which are often what they call God games or, or those type of simulation games. When things get tough and you like you just can't back out of that sort of stuff, you just restart the game and you go again. You know, for example, Civilization, that game which I know is based in, you know, on on a world, so it's kind of kind of relevant. But that's what I do in a computer game. I know this isn't a computer game, but we've got people which wanting to go. You know, not not just Elon Musk, but Elon Musk is the one leading the way. But a lot of people just want to start again get rid of all the political stuff and it's not just about that too it's about the 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 money thing we know in computer games that when when people get so much incredible money that the game becomes sorry the world because sorry the game becomes less playable because they just dominate they just don't care so they just throw stuff around and we've got this situation now where we have got so much money floating around in certain industries and businesses, etc. If we had the golden touch, guys, what what would you, like? My answer is I, I don't know. Actually, to be honest, I I I love the planet. I love Earth, and ultimately, I would like the challenge. I'd I'd want to fix it up. I think moving to new pastures would probably be what happens when I start a new computer game, and that is. I take the same shit from the last game and I kind of do less of it in the new one, but I don't get rid of the stuff in the new one. I still I still do the same thing and it'd take me probably 10 games before I get one right. So it, it, in my analogy of that, it means if I was to redo Earth again, I'd have to do about 10 versions at least to get it right because I'd steal something from what we have here rather than go from scratch. 
as far as a bit of both, I just don't think that works. And that's where we're at at the moment. A um, bit of both means we're taking resources away from one and putting it into another. And I feel that our resources need to be probably into the first thing. I, regardless of how it being geopolitical problems, environmental problems, etc., I think for me personally, I'd just rather, I'd rather concentrate on fixing it so everything can be balanced. I know that can't happen, but that's where I'd be. Where are you guys at? What do you think? I think... Uh... Look, honestly, I think Stooji needs to go first with this one because I could prattle on for days about this. So yeah, well, I, th- I think you should kick in. Um, I think just fix the planet. I mean, if I had the golden touch, the golden finger to just fix things, I would just fix it. Yeah. I I don't know. It's It's one of those things like it's, do you go? Do you, do you start again and it ends up being worse? Yeah. Or I mean, it depends the level of control you have. If if mm. you have, you know, your golden finger, the golden touch. I think I think fixing it. I think fixing problems is better than starting new and then going. Oh no, I've it's the same issues or different issues or more issues. Yeah. And yeah. I, I'm, I'm I'm probably the same as said as in I'd probably do. Ten worlds ago, all right, now I'm finally Yeah. A content with it. Whereas you'd you'd rather just fix the fix and fix and learn. Mm-hmm. F- fix and learn and then start and then go through maybe four worlds. Okay. <laughs> Instead of ten. It's gone for a hybrid, yep. Yeah. All right, yeah. Noki, the scientist. All right. So well my first question's gonna be about this. Uh, is like are we talking about fix the planet from the um unstoppable climate change that's rearing forward in that direction or are we talking about the possibility of like nuclear fallout due to the nuclear weapons and stuff that we've got i'm talking about fixing every single problem we have on this planet uh, well every okay. category you know what i mean it's it's like like we can fix the climate and environmental by doing all sorts of one things but then we're going to cause 10 other problems and then we've got to fix those 10 problems individually and then fix politics we've got to fix or fix that but it'll open up new wounds somewhere else and you know, yeah yeah sorry that's science for you you know we're, we're there to solve a problem we create 10 new ones yeah. it's fantastic it, it's called um job sustainability <laughs> <laughs> well okay um you know you guys you guys drive and say you're going down the highway it's usually 110 suddenly comes up very foggy very uh wet very slippery and you can't see two meters ahead of you you'd slow down a little bit wouldn't you yeah yeah all right that's what we need to do if we're going to fix this planet we need to slow down with all the major things we've got in play. Yeah. Now that's never going to happen because there's lots of people out there that, you know, are led by discovery or led by money yeah. or led by fame that want to uh, change, change and do things and benefit themselves. Yeah. When it comes to say climate change, we have till about on our trajectory that we're on till about 2030 to really slow down before we're at a stage where we all know, you know climate change is a natural thing that anyway that's going to keep occurring. Well, we're at a stage that we're able to keep up and sustain. By 2030, if we don't make drastic changes across the world, we won't be able to slow down and sustain. Yeah, but I, I remember scientists telling us back in 2005 that if we don't change by 2010, we'll be dead by 2020. 
and we didn't yeah. change. That was a scare tactic. Yeah. But it's more of by 2030, we'll we'll have produced and put enough carbon in the atmosphere that's going to raise the heat in like that's trapped in the atmosphere by a specific amount. I'm not gonna like quote exact Celsius degrees and all that sort of stuff, but we're gonna have a stage where by 2050 we're going to have to move uh, about a billion people from the shores of specific areas Stop. around the world because of, you know, the already melting icebergs and um, ice caps that we've got. Okay. So that, that's, that's one thing. If we could fix that, fantastic. I'd say, you know what, it gives us plenty more time, but I genuinely think we need to be investing in newer, greener pastures somewhere else. And sadly in our lifetime, and probably our children's lifetime, they won't see that because the planets in our solar system, we don't have the capacity to be able to use them as a place to house millions of people. Even if we were to create an artificial zone, like in uh, what's that movie? Thinking Arnold Schwarzenegger here and the lady yeah. with the three boobs. I know, the, I know the movie, can't remember the name. Total Recall. Uh, Total recall, you know, like they, they can uh, find a habitat on Mars and they yeah. build a habitat and all that. Like, just so we will never, we won't be at the stage. Just so we're clear about this, just so that. we're clear, everybody. I knew it not because of the lady with the boobs, I knew it because of Arnold Schwarzenegger. I've no uh, sure, idea. Sure, 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 sure. Like, not, I, it did not trigger anything. That was the second thing that came to my mind. Yeah, it was. Arnold Schwarzenegger is what I heard. I went straight to a movie. I thought about a planet, and that's where I came to. I have no idea what you're talking about with the ladies with the three boobs. All right. Well, um, that's not possible in our solar system. There are solar systems that are, well, I wouldn't say close, but we could send vessels out there, and it'll take a few thousand years to get out there and be able to find and have a habitable planet that we could set up. Okay. But that's going to cost several hundred trillions of dollars to be able to even start. And that's going so, to be... transport all those people as well. Yeah, that's yeah. going to be a race, but right, but from governments, right? So that's going to become still geopolitical, right? Yeah. I mean, Elon Musk is doing it the right way. No connections at all. He's going over there. Sure, people will say, you know, and I'm not a fan of his, but sure people can say that, you know, he's got his own idealistic ways and beliefs of what he's going to do, but... At least he's not politically aligned and he's just going to go and, well, he says he's not politically aligned and he's going to do basically the world of the, the planet of Musk, basically. And that's the way it is. But when we're talking about what you're talking about, it's not going to be a privateer one. It's going to be more of a, you know, countries are going to be racing to, to do those things, to own those type of those areas. And therefore... It, it doesn't fix our planet. Well, it leaves this one to rot. And then the new pastors or the new places they go to are going to take, inherit what we've got here because that's who will start them, right? Look, at the current rate with our fastest space probe, and that's not even a, like a shuttle or anything like that, that's just a probe that doesn't house any human life on it. If we were to be able to go to a new planet tomorrow, it would still take us over a hundred thousand years to get to the closest habitable planet with a similar 
atmosphere to us. And that is, you know, flying at roughly 700,000 kilometers per hour. That's a lot of TV snacks. That's a lot of TV snacks. Mm. So also, I think think we need to harness space travel first before we can think about this. Let's be honest. When they get to these countries anyway, if you take it at geopolitics, the first thing they're going to do when they get there is mine the crap out of it. Yeah. Which is going to be putting us back in number one position we're in now anyway. We need resources. The only resources we have are the ones from the planets. Yeah. So we're just going to be like, yeah. That's the problem with, you know, laws of conservation of energy and mass. Now, now I I have an answer for this. I have an answer for this, right? Um, We've discussed this answer before, but... I, I've, I've got a. I've, I, I think I've been, proven, I've been proven wrong since now, you know, because of the um the submarine that went, you know, to visit Titanic, but kind of joined it in the wrong sort of way. Then I, I still think we can. I think we can use underwater a lot better. I think we can do it a lot safer, cleaner. I think there's so many things there that we can utilize under the water. And if we were to stop all the boats in the world. And let our ocean go back to being healthy. We wouldn't need to go underneath the water because we're killing the plant life under there, and that plant life deals with more CO two than any of the tree matter on the earth. So, what's responsible for that? For most of that dying, the oil and the petrol and the crap that we put in the ocean, the rubbish. Yeah, that's Coca Cola's fault. Yeah. And then the plastic straws, damn those turtles. Yeah. Can't they just swallow them all for us? Yeah. But no, seriously, like if we were to just suddenly go, no one's allowed in the ocean, nothing's allowed in the ocean, nothing. Well, they they proved that in Europe with um, that river during COVID where they said that river was absolutely destroyed and would take, um, and this is where climate scientists got it very, very wrong where they said it would take 100 years for a river to repair itself because of damage. That's what they said back in 2017. COVID hit, and within 18 months of COVID hit and no one being allowed outside, the river has restored to absolute perfect. So it took just 18 months to fix. So the whole philosophy there of us not touching stuff and letting things just be natural and get on top, I hate to use the word Mother Nature, but it takes care of itself and it does repair itself, but it needs to repair itself unhinged, I think, or un, un, with, with unconditional um, avoidance from us. We've got to stay away from it completely and, and not interact with that little bit. And, and maybe, you know, like you said, in terms of, you said slow down, but in some areas, like the, I can't remember the river, but in, in that instance, it was really a case of stopping like completely because no one could go outside everybody yep. just had to stop so no one because of that the river had nobody on it and it wasn't being used like it was was normally used and therefore it actually just you know just torrential rain and normal rain coming through just washed it cleaned it fixed it fish fish numbers have gone through the roof in it and restored itself because of lack of overfishing you know because people weren't fishing because they weren't outside so that you know. that's one solution i've got another one yeah. A really good one, actually. Yeah. What we do is we get everybody, everyone in the world, mm-hmm. and we get this uh, lovely global company of some sort to build a virtual reality space that everyone goes into and you're trapped in there and you're stuck in there. There's your perfect world. 
No more destruction of the planet. Two years time, no more humans. We're fine. Boom. So wait, 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 wait. When you said no more humans is in, we just die in VR while <laughs> oh, playing VR. Who's going to run the planet to keep it powered? <laughs> so, so well, what, that's true. So <laughs> what, what you're saying, and, you know, you see this, like, a great example of this is Chernobyl. You know, they talk about Chernobyl being, you know, a complete wasteland and, and all the shows and TV shows say, you know, deserts and, and ripped apart stuff. You know, the place is absolutely looks terrible. But all the pictures of Chernobyl now are actually fantastic. The trees are actually taller than they've ever been. The grass is growing fantastic. And it's not nothing not related to the nuclear stuff. It's related to that people can't be there. And wildlife flourishing, like their, their population of wildlife is great. Yeah, it's just it's getting really good. Species of animals now are, are returning and Everything's doing well. It's it's because it's it's not entirely gone missing. <laughs> Sorry? Not entirely. Well no well, humans aren't there. Well, you got about two hundred humans that live in the exclusion zone. Um so like this I, I know a little bit more because I have to cover this as a topic. Well if they want three heads, uh, that's their choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's about two hundred people. But the uh wildlife wise, um, I think there's like an eighty percent uh, of the population of animal species there have some sort of deformity due to radiation sickness. Yeah, but they're still returning. Some do, yes. They're still growing. They've just got problems. So the radi- <laughs> so, so I'm not saying the radiation isn't a problem. I'm saying Chernobyl is actually re- returning better than it ever has been. It's never oh, been yeah. rid of the radiation, but it's done that because the humans have been removed. And yeah. so that's what's happening. I mean, yes, you can't eat the plants because you can't you can't get stuff in the soil. You can't do that for a long time, ever, right? Well, a long time as far as our lifetime is concerned and probably thousands of lifetimes. But the fact is, without the humans there, even with such a bad situation of radiation poisoning, et cetera, animals are reproducing. They're all coming back. There's more animals than them previously. They're, they're coming back. They're sick, yes, but that's because of radiation. But there's more people, there's more things happening there. There's more growth happening there. It's not the, the desert wasteland that people always depict of. Nothing ever grows for a, a thousand years. I think that's the main reason is the thing is that there's no humans around there. No humans to stomp over it. No humans to dig it up. No humans to put concrete on top. You know, it's it's just growing. And that's why a lot of things are just growing. I mean, a lot true of a lot of its weeds, etc. But maybe we just need a big holiday to Mars for five years. All of us. Just. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, yeah, because you take any human out of any area for a long period of time, it's going to regenerate. Yeah. You know who do, who know who does this really well? The Yanomari people of the Amazon. Um, I hope I got that right. If I got it wrong, guys, I apologize. I haven't, I haven't done it for a little while. They had a, uh, with the slash and burning system that they have with their mm-hmm. agriculture is all based on rotation. And that's why the Amazon rainforest is so lush and so wonderful because they will actually burn it down, very similar to how the indigenous people work in Australia. And the idea was they would, they, they, they rotated where they hunted. They rotate where they grow stuff and where they chop stuff. And they use that as a system to be able to replenish things. And that's how they live. They even rotated their villages in there and where they moved around, etc. And that's why some people call them nomads in many ways. Yes, any, any nomadic species like yeah. that, like humans and other animals, 
flourish with that. You're, you're 100% right. You're, you're, and they're not, but they're not yeah. nomadic because they want to move around because they want to travel from one to another. They're nomadic around because they've obviously learnt. I mean, this is a I, – I hate to – like I know obviously none of them are what, listening right now, but you know, I don't want to discriminate against them, but they're, they're very, I suppose, prehistoric in terms of the way their their civilizations are. And so, you know, they're not – they're not being calculated. Well, they, don't, they didn't seem to be calculated in terms of all this research. They had just made decisions over the centuries, the many centuries, that this is how you keep the forest in that healthy is if you, if you move around and, and just rotate around, which then gives them the name of, of basically nomads, but they're doing it to keep themselves... Because a lot of people refer nomads as moving from, you know, the warmer climates, colder climates, etc., and also for food sources, etc. But in the Amazon, they're more so just to preserve and and keep the rainforest and that healthy. Well, bringing it back home—that's what the indigenous people of Australia did. did. Yeah, like it was very much the um, oh, what is it? Fire stick farming is what they were, uh, we what we refer to it as, and it was that burning of the land to allow it to regenerate for seasons to come. Yeah. And it was also to move on animal species. So if I was, okay, if, if, you know, hunting of the area, moving the animal species on to the next area that they're pretty much going to, so they reproduce there, they have food, yeah. they've got a nice, nice place and continuation of, you know, living life. Yeah. It was a big thing. And, like, we, you, you can say, like, oh, people, we do backburning now to simulate that and to get rid of de- debris and all that, but... There's a big difference. Like I know that the people you're talking about now, like sort of came to my mind, but it was actually the burning that they do is not like the, the harsh major bushfire burning or like the back burning that we do nowadays, which is a real hot burn to destroy Everything. and causes a lot of issues. It was a cool burn. So it was slow mm. and allowed for quicker regeneration, but also still destroyed the litter. So that no major bushfires happen. Yeah. And we're, and we're finally taking that on board. Like the back, the in quotation back burning we do now is actually um, a lot of the time, though it's done by the rural fire services and the SES, um, it's actually culturally led here in Australia. Yeah, yeah. Aboriginals we don't do have that much. <laughs> Aboriginals still do it in the middle of Australia. That's how they 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 back burn yeah. parts of of the land to keep it lush because that's how. Yeah. That's how the landscape regenerates. Yeah. So we solved it. Guys, we solved it. So we all basically, everybody in Newcastle just need to go on a two-year holiday somewhere and let Newcastle recover. No, I know what to make Newcastle recover. I know exactly what it is. Don't say it. Don't say V8 supercars. Please don't say that. No, 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 no. It's better than that. Every Sydney per every person that come from Sydney in the past three years go away. <laughs> oh, go you want away. Go away from my town. This is my small town. Stooge's answer to this go actual away. problem is he goes down to the M1 and just cuts a big hole in the road there. No, you're not coming back up. Do not you're not come allowed back. to come back. Do not pass. stay away. He's not a Sydney fan. Stay away. The train, the train yeah, line just goes Sydney. off the cliff. You drive away the people. Yeah. Oh, damn. 
How terrible. It is. With people moving. <laughs> well, thank you, nah, guys. It's, it's ruined the market of Newcastle. Look, they just think, look at the house no. market. It's being <laughs> The house market was ruined by the economy. Oh, it was. But then every, every, like, oh, I remember when I was looking for a house at the start of COVID to move out in. For a house that was normally 400, you know, 420, I'd heard, you know, two couples come and go, hey, can we pay more? And it's like, no, it's like, well, it's like, oh, okay. And so, and when I heard someone say, we'll pay 520, it's like, this is not a, this house is not worth 520. It's not. It's what it's worth paying for, actually. But but apparently, because Sydney people are used to paying way more, this is, oh, this is cheap. Yeah. Oh, this is so good. And it's ruined the market for here. Now it's like people, like, it's just, it's ruined the market for what we're used to. And so now we've got to try and adjust. It's, it's, I mean, which we, we will, but it sucks because we just don't have the money, the big money earners you, here. You heard it here first, first everybody. To fix the planet, okay, Get Sydney, rid of... Sydney signers have to be removed from the planet. Yeah, and, I just care about me. I just care about me. those Sydneyites. Sydneyites. Yeah, I just care about me Newcastle. As long as we can fix Newcastle, we'll be good. We'll be all good. Thank you, guys. That's good. Yeah. That's. I think we solved the problems. I think we have there. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's move on to another one, which is going to get people a little bit angry with. Um, and that is, and look, we may have talked about this before, but I'm going to talk about it again. As it's actually annoying me because it's become a big thing up where I live now. I don't know if it's. I don't know why it's so big where I live. But it's these cars slash, slash four drive slash utes slash trucks. <laughs> I'm gonna use the word trucks that are so big. I'm talking about the Rams and um, you know there's there's a, two people in my street now, uh, not in my street, but the street next to it, which own Tundras, right? I don't know if you know what a Tundra is. What with a Tundra, you put get a Hilux in and put it in the back, right? That's how big they are. So you got Tundras, you got um, you got the, I suppose the F the F one fifty I think I think they were, yeah. You've got um, Rams. You got the the silver. What are they called silver. Silverados. Silverados. I'm missing a main one here. What's the main one? The other big one I'm missing. It's a huge Ram, one. Silverado. There's the F three fifty or two fifty one fifty. Yeah. And there's the GMC. Um, I forget what the GMC is called again. Uh, yeah, not not the big car nerd, no. Yeah. Don't like them. No, it's just like they're so like I mean, I know this this goes this probably carries on from our um our conversation with the climate thing and all that. I know there's a need for them, right? I know the need is there for pulling stuff and particular things like horses, etc. I have zero problem with them out in those areas. But I live in suburbia in a place which is full around suburbia. These people don't live in farms. They live in my area, in my my normal housing estates. And they go shopping at my shopping center in multi-stories where, you know, they take up, they stick out two meters outside, which means you, you can't, once you park next to them, or they park next to you, you can't see. They're just, they're just too they're just too big. I don't know what I don't know what the solution is, but I just want them to fuck off. I really do. I'm sick of them. They're they're annoying. You know, they come next to you. I was in the Pajero and a tundra came up next to me, and I couldn't see because it's a Pajero. I mean, they're big. They're big anyway, right? They're they're probably too big as well. But I'm not really sure um, at all 
what's going to happen in regard to um, them in terms of, uh, you know, things like regos, or like, are they a car, are they a truck? Should they pay more insurance? Do they cost more on the road? They're not. They're, they're counted as a normal car. So um, I'm not sure. But they, they pay slightly more road tax, but it's they don't pay a crazy amount more. As long as they're under the GVM of 4.5 tonne, they're not they're not crazy to register. Like they wouldn't it wouldn't be too much more than the badge. Do you think they should be more? Yes. Um, yes, to a point. Oh, look, I don't care about the money. I don't actually care about the climate or environment either, okay? What I care about is is they just don't need to be here. Okay, they, they we're supposed I don't know I don't know why they're on our roads right next to us. They've got to be dangerous at 100k's. They've got to be super dangerous 100k's. Right? They they and and they're driven by people which aren't seasoned drivers of vehicles that big, that heavy and that powerful. They They can't park. Oh my goodness. They're driven by people a lot which just are taking their kids to soccer or going and get the groceries i'm talking about the one down the road and you know that it's a, that's a tundra and it's look i've got to say it's a very nice looking car i, I give it that but it just i it, it doesn't have a it shouldn't uh, where do we stop you know where do we stop with with these cars you know where do we how much bigger can they get as big as america makes them that's are they, it are they as big as america <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. Are they bigger? Are they bigger ones in America? They have bigger ones there. Yes. Are you serious? But they also mm. have wider roads. They have wider roads. Bigger. Yeah, they got bigger everything. I was thinking this morning behind the tundra leaving my estate. I was thinking, mate, if you just put some ramps down, I'll just hitch a ride in the back. I'll just drive the Skoda straight up into the back, and then you can just save me some fuel and just drive on in. That's what I was thinking. I just like, oh, they just they frustrate me. Those. I don't know. I think I think our roads are so crowded. I mean, I know it's a problem with the roads. The roads are thin, etc. But and small. But well, they're never designed for big big cars like that. So I mean, all right. You got to you got half I, a ride. I, I reckon lane. everyone we see, we just uh, slash their tires and be done with them. It's such a waste of road. I'm over them. Right. We can I always that. see one every morning driving on the, uh, on the freeway, and I know they're just going to their freaking regular job where they're probably serving Maccas or something and yeah. it just annoys the shit out of me. I'm just like, I can't see past you. You're no yeah. different to a truck except you're flying down the highway at hey. definitely yeah. over 110. Uh, uh, the way they're going right now, I'm going to be able to see under them. So that, that will work actually. The, pretty soon I'll be able to see under the car to see what's coming. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. That'll work. So see, I, like, I hate them too. I do. Unless you actually have a, a good power purpose of to- yeah. like a need, if you if you need the bigger vehicle to tow, you know your big horse float or you know whatever you're doing, big trailer, fantastic, great. That's the truck. That's but, the, the big but, but vehicle sh- for you. Shirley down the road has to go to the shopping centre to get some food, but yeah, she's not allowed to have one, but she's got one apparently. <laughs> she has got one. Hey, Shirley. <laughs> All right, then we'll move on from that. That's just a dead, that's just a, okay, we've decided we're getting them banned. I'm going to skip ahead to something to finish off this um, chat tonight. And um, it kind of ties into the first one. 
um, a little bit as well. So that's why I'm going to bring it up now. And that is how has life changed for you after COVID? And it's it's more so about you as a person at what you guys actually do differently since COVID or how you think how you see things around. I think for me, the biggest pet hate I have about it is it just seems that like I've been using QR codes for 15 years and now everything's just QR code. Like you can't do anything without QR code just being thrown at you now. And, and ordering at a restaurant now is just done by QR codes and menus. I actually like meeting people at a restaurant when they come and give me food i like having a conversation with them about it and me and my wife have been out a fair bit recently where you sit down and for no reason other than it was cool during COVID, so let's do it now you order via menu on the table there's a qr code it opens up an app you do your order and then somebody brings you your food and that's probably the biggest change one of the biggest changes i've seen in COVID, which is like frustrating and annoying um as far as a particular thing put in place um, or a system put in place as for people young people got stuffed up in COVID big time um, I've just got it from my own observation they're they've lacked they're, they're lacking some simple skills out there um, for example recognition of things such as um, read read a room type scenarios you know where they they they've lost some of those soft skills that i suppose you you learn in the 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 adolescent early, years early teens early teens where people get they get put in their place and, and you know those things where they start particularly between those you know ages of say year 7 to 12 where they learn valuable skills um Social skills. Social skills, yeah. And, and and I see that missing from a lot of people, you know. Um, males, females, different types of skills, etc. I see that happening. But they're probably the two main differences. Um, the main differences I see. I mean, I suppose there are a couple others. What do you guys say? Is there anything you guys have noticed big time since or how your life has changed after COVID? My, uh, I'd say... I mean, I'm I, I'm obviously you're a teacher, so you see things different from most from from me. So, but I I personally meet not a lot of difference. You're, um, you're going back to where you were beforehand. Basically, not a lot of difference. I think um, I think the only thing that I notice more being a person who travels off road, I see more people off road, like more people going camping, more people are seeing yep. a countryside. I guess. Yep. Um. Not necessarily a bad thing. It's good because it's people seeing yep. the world. Um, well, that's backed yeah. up by facts. That's backed up by the fact that our um, overseas travel um, has decreased from Australia um, dramatically. Caravan sales increased dramatically, and tenting sales increased dramatically. And I think people. The, I suppose the last. I think the last three or four years. I think there's most. The most selling car is a four wheel drive. I think. Yeah. So I think because of people, obviously, people can't during COVID couldn't go overseas. Yeah. Well, let's buy four drive and let's travel. Yep. You know, within a couple of hours of our house and you know yep. see what's going on. Oh no, I agree. I, I agree with that. That's that's quite noticeable in places, and you can see that's in the data too. So um, I thought that might change a lot, but there were some stats published recently about Bali, and the stats are still down really low on Bali. That people, I suppose, they've got a caravan now. They've bought the tenting stuff or they bought the the, the four-wheel drive and 
rather than say, let's go to Bali because I don't have those things. They're saying, hey, guys, look what we've got in the driveway. Should we go to Bali or should we just go up to Noosa for a weekend or go to Port Quarry for the weekend or go for the Port Quarry for two weeks? So much money and saves it. We've already got the car. We've already got the caravan and they're just going, yeah. I think that well, The thing is, like, it's like two weeks of Bali or two two weeks in Bali for like one, you know, once a year or, you know, six weeks throughout the year you can go somewhere else. Yeah. Like it's... It's, well, I mean, what well, obviously the initial cost of a car or a caravan is obviously more, but yep. in terms of, you know, sustaining going places, it's probably cheaper. Yeah, true. What about you, Noki? Are you, Noki? Uh, I think my life has changed quite a bit. I could definitely say that from where I was before COVID to where I am now is vastly different. The My day-to-day life, like, outside of my workplace, not so much. I don't, look. Don't see my mates as much as what I used to um, pre-COVID, but that's also because we've grown up and got families and that now. But it was, yeah, we used to like go to the pub more and all that sort of stuff, and it was quite normal. But when COVID hit, it was shut away, get away, you can't do anything, and um, it just wasn't the same. And then afterwards, wasn't the same. Like you got new generations coming in that don't have the social skills mm. when they're out and about. So we uh, learnt that. And found that we weren't very happy with that. So we just, you know, don't really go out anymore. That's sometimes happens. But on the side of work, like my my work and the way I am is completely different to when I started. And like for me, I, you know, started teaching pretty much a year and a half before COVID hit. So it's I've, I actually had pretty much more time in COVID than I did teaching before that. So... I'm seeing the, the, the social-emotional uh, downfall of a lot of kids, significant amount of well-being problems, so like kids with higher anxiety, kids with um, you know, issues around developing friendships and all that, especially in kids that are, you know, you said it yourself, between year seven and year 12, but like the year sevens and year eights and year nines that are coming in now that are, they can't communicate yeah, they can't like yeah. they, they can't voice how they're feeling. They don't know how to do that because they missed out on two years of being able to learn how to do that. Yeah. So there's, there's such a downfall in that, and it, it, it's made my job harder. It's made my job very rewarding, but it's made my job a hell of a lot harder. Like paperwork wise, it tripled. Yeah. Um, mental, like like my own mental capacity and my. Uh, like my emotional cup is a lot uh, more drained than it ever was before. But at the same time, like I'm, I'm very happy with the life I have now. So I'm, I'm very lucky in that regard. So like I can't, I'm not going back going, oh, I wish life was like that now. Like I like the adjustment. And as someone who traveled recently, seeing the, like seeing another country, the same sort of way that we are and, you know, still handling it, still going through it. It's sort of like we're we're so lucky where we are. We're yeah. so lucky with the we we had impact, but it wasn't as uh, strenuous as what other people and other countries have gone through. So I don't know. Like I'm I'm very happy with it. No, I I agree with Stooge when it comes to people going out and traveling around Australia more, which I'm very happy about. I, I feel like that's like yeah, sweet. People are actually seeing the beauty that we have here because I was lucky to do that as a kid. Now, watching everyone else go camping and they travel up north and it's just, it's so rewarding. Yeah. So I think 
my life after COVID, if I'm going to be honest, I think my life is better. And I don't think it's just directly because of COVID, but I also think like me being a young adult going into like a not as young adult after COVID, um, it's been a big learning curve, which has been very good for my life. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. I think, it, I, think it, I think we're in a position where it changes for us because of, um, you know, different environments that we're in, et cetera, with our stage of life of ages, et cetera. And, um, yeah, I think I think we we can be grateful that we didn't suffer like some people did. But um, yeah. I think we got through. I I personally know in my family that that we kind of we got through it quite unscathed. You know, I know people who lost businesses. I know people lost a house. You know, yeah. I know people who lost people, and um, so you know, I my 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 family didn't experience that sort of stuff so um so so we've got nothing to complain about in regard to that but as far as restoring stuff back yeah i think we're kind of just back to normal and like i said the other thing which i'm noticing all the time is just the qr coding and the ordering stuff now on restaurants and all that sort of stuff uh, that's been kept or not even just kept but increased but apart from that yeah it's pretty much Back to business as per normal, I suppose. You know, people are a lot yeah. more skeptical now with masks. Not. I don't know if you guys, or we, I see it at work, that if someone's got a cold, they'll wear a mask. If you go back six years ago, people never wore a mask if they got a cold or anything, right? So, yeah, extra fact, people look silly, I suppose. People would say something if they wore a mask, right? So, yeah. um, now you see people all the time who who will wear a mask the second they've got a cold. So I suppose that's a bit different, but that's okay. That's all good. Mm. Well, thank you guys. Thank you very much for that. Um, we will wrap up this session um, now. Thank you very much. We have solved nothing and nothing as per normal. Um, <laughs> but um, but I think we've definitely, I mean, the, the questions, particularly the first question and the last question, the first question in particular was something which was a um a good topic to to think about in terms of how the world's going. It's it's not really a topic that we we have to deal with it now, but you know I can just see I don't know I don't know where we're going to be in thirty years. I mean I'll probably be dead, but other people I, I just don't know where people are going to you know geez thirty years away, um uh, with all the issues going on I'm not sure what happens so, but thank you very much Knock appreciate it. Uh, it's always a pleasure. Fantastic I see you got a puppy there it's awesome. Thanks, Stoogie. No worries. Thanks for having me. Excellent. And thank you, everybody else. I'm sorry that we were missing um, in action for a little while, but um, we, are, we are back and we have got some hot topics coming up. We've got some new formats coming up too. We're going to start experimenting in um, quite soon So and looking at uh, ways in which we'll be, we'll be doing different things. But for now, we're back on as per normal with Spotify and other resources. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you for the messages which say, hey, where are you guys? You haven't left us, etc." No, we have not. We are back. With some more content so thank you everybody have a great evening wherever you are in the world and i'll see you soon goodbye take care bye